Hi, this is Brian Green. This is the GE Healthcare IT Talks podcast. And I have with me today, Chris Haffey from Amazon. And Chris, I'll let you introduce yourself and give us just a little bit about your background. Sure. Uh, I am the worldwide public sector medical imaging business development manager here at AWS. And so um, I'm driving the growth of the business in the medical imaging um, industry worldwide here. And I bring to Amazon 25 years of experience in medical imaging industry, uh, primarily on the R&D side. So I've actually built a large number of greenfield projects um, throughout my career. The uh, Philips Eyesight Packs, uh, Vital Images, Vitria View, and Nucleus Health Cloud Packs. Okay. I've also been very active in the open source community as well, uh, building the Cornerstone JS project, as well as um, the DICOM Standards Committee. You know, I think it's an understatement to say that you were involved in some greenfield uh, development. And most people in their career develop maybe one or two successful products, but you've got three under your belt. So that's pretty impressive. Um, before we dive into this, uh, just if just want to remind the audience, if you enjoy these topics, don't forget to like and subscribe. Uh, and you can see that in the links uh, below. Um, so one of the first things, so I'm going to start with Amazon because that's where you are currently. And I think uh, that's one of the questions that a lot of people that I talk to in enterprise imaging, you know, there's a lot of questions about leveraging the cloud, but specific to, to AWS, a couple things. So first is we always get into this discussion when, when we're discussing moving things like storage into the cloud, the, uh, the ROI on that storage, the cost of that storage. And I'm hoping you can give us some, um, some background on that and maybe your take on that. Because one of the challenges that I see is from my from customers that I talk to is um, how much is this going to cost and how do I estimate my costs? And people get really confused about all the different ways that you're billed for all these things that happen in the cloud, right? It's not just you're going to pay X amount per gig. There's all these other things that they have to worry about. So I wonder if you can get your thoughts on that. And maybe we could talk about that first. Yeah, sure. And I think that when it comes to moving from an on-premise deployment to the cloud, um, the cost is 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 a it can be challenging to kind of figure out. And there's really kind of a couple of reasons for it. One is it's a different billing model. You're paid as you use uh, the uh, storage, um, and as opposed to a, a capital purchase. Mm -hmm. The other thing is Amazon has a very um, granular billing model, and so. <laughs> Um, it's not just about buying, you know, terabytes of storage and that's it. You you end up being, um, you know, we look at things like a number of HTTP requests um, or mm -hmm. um, amount of data that's egressed. And I think that those two things, the kind of on-demand billing as well as the granularity, are really just largely unfamiliar for a lot, lot, lot of customers. Yeah. And um, the, what, what we really, I think, it's not too dissimilar to when we when imaging transitioned from film to digital in the first place. We had the same questions like, is it going to be fast enough? Uh, how much is it going to cost me on disc versus tape versus having it in film? And so when I say, you know, it's pretty clear all of imaging is going to the cloud. And this is just a new thing that people need to become familiar with and, and invest in. Mm -hmm. um, and one of the challenges I see also is when it comes to uh, calculating it, they may not know uh how much they're egressing. That's a very, very common um, question. It's like, I don't know how much data yeah. I'm actually retrieving from my diagnostic workstation or for my clinicians within the enterprise. And so um, it, it is, I, I totally understand the, the 
how can be intimidating yeah. and overwhelming, but we do have good tools to help you figure that out. Um, and it's just a matter of investing in and learning how it works. Yeah, I think some people are just, uh, you know, it's an unknown, I think, for a lot of folks, right? And it's, uh, they're kind of, there's a little consternation about, you know, about this unknown of how much am I going to get charged? Because it's not a nice, clean quote that comes out that says, here's what you're going to pay per year, right? It's, uh, but at the same time, what I tell people is, um, you can't tell somebody exactly what they're going to pay because you're only getting charged for exactly what you use. So if you were paying, you know, I, I kind of, you know, going back to Amazon, right? Amazon really kind of changed the world in, in online retailing because in the old days, you would pay for shipping on everything that you bought, but nobody really knew what the shipping was going to cost. So they would just charge you more, right? So you would pay $5 shipping fee, $5 shipping and handling. And Amazon came along and said, uh, we're only going to charge you exactly what the shipping costs. So you're not paying any more than the exact cost of that shipping. Uh, and that, that really changed a lot. And to me, that's kind of what's happening with cloud, right? Because we're, we're not as a vendor saying just, here's an estimate. This is what you're going to pay, but we're going to charge you more. So it covers our potential losses. It's just, here's exactly what you used. Here's exactly what you're going to pay for. Hope that makes sense. <laughs> um, it, it does. And, you know, it's, it's interesting because we're in this inflection point where there's a ton of interest and momentum of moving enterprise imaging to the cloud. And pricing, you know, costs is one of the issues that we're continuously thinking about. And we do have, you know, flexible pricing models. Mm -hmm. So some customers, you know, they say, I, I really need a fixed budget. You know, there's no way I can work yeah. around it. We have ways of, of, of addressing that. But on the other side, um, I also think about it and say some of the problems that we've run into in enterprise imaging really have to do with our lack of understanding of how our underlying resources are being used. I mean, how many mm -hmm. times you run into a PAX deployment, which is underperforming, you know, the vendor says it's gonna be this speed, you get it installed and you realize yeah. it's not in those performance. You dig a little deeper and you realize that you bought the wrong hardware. Um, you know, maybe uh, because of the price point you're trying to get to, you undercut and didn't build out the system mm -hmm to be scalable enough, uh, maybe actually your needs change. That also happens. Imagings or imaging growth is happening all the time. And the system that you built four years ago may not be adequate to meet what your current needs are. One of the benefits of cloud is that, that those problems generally go away because all of this, you know, the cloud is very scalable. Yeah. Um, you put that responsibility on AWS who's very, very good at that. And it really kind of changes the dynamics. So some of the cost of the ROI calculation does come from really putting, transitioning that to the vendor, mm -hmm. um, to, to AWS, and not having to think about that as much because we do it so well. We do it for so many different industries. You can be confident yeah. that we're going to be able to meet your needs in that regard. Yeah, it's funny you say that. I just had a conversation the other day with someone who's planning on moving enterprise imaging to the cloud, to Amazon. And they said to me, Brian, I, you know, all right, we're going to build these virtual machines in Amazon and stand everything up. But what are we going to do when the, the VM isn't powerful enough? How do we how do we get more CPU, more RAM? And I said, well, that's the beauty of having your infrastructure in Amazon. There's no limit to any of that. No, you don't have to go into procurement and say we need more RAM or more CPU for our data center. You just go in the online you know, dashboard in Amazon and you say, OK, I want four gigs of RAM now instead of two. And they say, well, what's the limit? I said, I don't really know that there is much of a limit. I mean, realistically, there is. But, you know, practically, you're never going to use too much with Amazon. They're just going to charge you for it, right? <laughs> so it's it's right. like limitless, right? Um, it's just a different way of thinking, I think. Um, 
It is, and, and honestly, being in this industry for the last 25 years, um, deployment, limitations on deployment mm-hmm. is something that takes up a ton of time. Yeah. Uh, and I think cloud really changes oh, the way we think about architecting, designing, and building yeah. systems. Because like, as a software developer, one of the things we had to deal with was like, well, what is our install-based hardware footprint look like? <laughs> when we go to do a new version, yeah. major version of software, we want, you always want to add new features. Right. But sometimes doing that requires upgrades of the hardware. And then you get a situation where you can't do those new features because the install base doesn't have the hardware. Yeah. And no one wants to go back to customers and ask, you know, tell them they need to put a new virtual machine yeah. in or upgrade their hardware. Right. So I think, you know, cloud will really, and, and honestly, what that does is it slows down, uh, you know, progress. People end up on very old versions of software. Mm-hmm. They don't get all of the features that they, 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 that they would like yeah. to have. Um, and then I think the other thing too is, you end up um, being restricted in terms of meeting your your needs of your organization. So being able to add CPU, add um, memory as needed, mm-hmm. uh, as opposed to having to wait till your capital purchase runs its course and then you refresh is really a game changer. And I think it's going to be really beneficial to clinicians once um, as we move to the cloud. Yeah, and, and you mentioned something interesting there about about the actual deployment of software uh, in the cloud versus on-prem, you can build an entire environment in Amazon in minutes, right? I can go into Amazon and in a few minutes. I've got a virtual network. I got 10 virtual machines. I've got an active directory server and storage and everything I need <laughs> to do whatever I want, um, you know, just by clicking buttons and it, it spins up these machines super fast. Um, so I think that's another piece too, that, that deployments actually may be faster in the cloud to some extent. Um Absolutely. You know, I, I think um, that is one area that is, I would say, I, I can't wait for people to, to experience this firsthand. Yeah. Today, I think on-prem, you have your production system, you may have a dev and a test system, but those are usually not the same yeah. spec as your production system. Sure. Right? So how many times you've been through an upgrade on your test system and then, you know, it seemed to work fine, you put it in production and yeah. boom, now performance has degraded a lot. I think when it comes to the cloud, yeah, you can automate all that deployment mm-hmm. and um, you can actually bring up a test system that is exact same yeah. specs as your production system. You can create automated testing to make sure that's still meeting the performance requirements. And then you can also, you know, roll back software mm-hmm. too. So, um, you know, if the PAC system VNA is designed for that capability, if there is a problem, let's say worst case, it, you can actually create automation to flip it back to the prior system you know, instantaneously. And so that's yeah. another nice benefit of cloud that is really hard to do on-prem. Yeah, it's a lot more flexibility than, than when we're doing on-prem. The uh, Another piece that comes up periodically when I talk to folks about cloud is these different deployment models, right? Um, people get confused when you use the term cloud because to some people, cloud means that my PAX is in the cloud and I'm paying a PAX vendor and they're managing it in the cloud. And to some people, cloud means that my infrastructure and my platforms are in the cloud. And I think where we're ending up as an industry is kind of a mix, right? I mean, some vendors have offerings where it's the entire PAX in the cloud. They manage it. So it's software as a service. Uh, and then there's platform as a service where, okay, I'm going to use Amazon's database. I'm going to use Amazon storage and I'm going to spin up a couple virtual machines. Um, so what's your thoughts about that? Uh, you know, customers that are thinking about going to the cloud, I think they have to consider both models. Um, what's Amazon's approach there? Are you partnering with, with vendors to provide these services or, or are you, you know, what, what direction do you think Amazon is, is looking at here? 
Well, we, we have, uh, you know, both, really. Yeah. So we have uh, vendors which are bringing out SaaS solutions, and they are our customer. Um, and so we sell to them, and we help them build their systems to scale out for many, many customers and whatnot. Likewise, we also have customers that are uh, health systems, and those customers want to be able to deploy um, their Paxson DNA in their own account. And so um, there, I don't know if there's a really good name for it, but we like to call it bring your own account, okay. or BYOA, to kind of compete or yeah. contrast with SaaS. Mm -hmm. And both are completely legitimate models that have you know pros and cons to them. Um, you know, on, on the SaaS side, I think what we're seeing is strong interest in being able to basically transfer responsibility for a lot of uh, uh, aspects of running the clinical packs to the vendors, such as security and uptime and upgrades and, and scalability. Mm -hmm. And I think some customers have really struggled with those things in the past or want to really kind of think less about that and, and focus on other, uh, you know, maybe more, you know, more, more um, challenging problems or, yeah. or more with more upside. Um, SaaS is a great model. Um, and I think that that's, you're going to see a lot of success. In yeah. On the bring your own account um, side, uh, you know, I think that there's also other pros and cons. First of all, you, you keep all of that um, responsibility. And if you're good at it and you have staff that really wants to, and you think you can, um, uh, you know, handle that, you can get a lot of benefits in terms of lower costs because mm -hmm. um, for a SaaS vendor to take on those responsibilities, they're going to charge you, you know, to take on the, you know, the, uh, the, the, the security aspects of something that's really important. Yeah. And, and there, there's a cost right. to that. And, you know, I think also bring your own account, you can take advantage of bundled pricing from AWS. Mm -hmm. Maybe you have your EMR yeah, yeah. there as well as other clinical All systems. This other you start getting bigger discounts on, you know, from AWS when you, you know, the more you run right. there. Yeah, I think the big thing is just the you know the you know the control. Um, you can really do a lot more with your system and to bring your own account than what you'd probably be able to get from a SaaS vendor mm -hmm. um, because they're really going to target the you know the majority of the market. Yeah. Um, and you may not be in that majority market. You may be on one end or the other. And so a bring your own account gives you allows you to customize it specifically for how you want to be. Yeah, yeah, that may, that makes sense. So it's a and, and certainly there's a hybrid possibility, right? Like we're you know, Absolutely. okay, my EMR is in the cloud. I'm using it as infrastructure, but my PAX vendor has a SaaS offering. And, you know, maybe for whatever reason, it makes more sense to do that financially or it's more predictable cost or something like that. So I can certainly see that. Um, and even there's even could – I've even seen some customers that are in multiple cloud providers, right? They're like, okay, we're going to leverage Amazon uh, for, for whatever we can, but maybe there's some solutions that our vendor is only going to let us put in an Azure for some reason, right? So we have some stuff sitting over there, but but at the end of the day, it doesn't matter <laughs> whether it's some infrastructures in one platform or another. I think it seems to work fine. Um, another another piece that I wanted to talk about is the the, the massive amount of data that that imaging has, right? You know, when I talk to customers, when they when they look at the data utilization across their their health system, medical imaging, you know, radiology is always the biggest consumer of of data, right? And that's one of the reasons I think they're the last ones to really kind of jump into cloud because um, we talked about pricing models already, and I think that's an important discussion. But then the second concern that comes up is performance in the cloud. And what, what types of technologies and tools do vendors like Amazon have that can ensure that, that the performance that we need for this massive amount of data that's going back and forth between the cloud and on-prem 
is uh, is going to work for our radiologists and our clinicians and so forth. So I don't know if you can comment on that a little bit. Sure. Yeah. You know, performance is um, probably one of the most challenging things as a software developer or as a, you know, PAX administrator to ensure that you're delivering on a consistent basis. And I think when you look at a big shift from moving data from on-prem to cloud, yeah. it's natural to wonder uh, and even expect that maybe the performance will be impacted in a negative way. Mm-hmm. And and honestly, if, if you look at um, you know where where we've been, um, it has been an issue uh, to to have to meet the performance requirements uh, for diagnostic interpretation in the cloud yep. historically. But really, those have have gone away mainly due to technology advances. Today, uh, if you think about um, uh, internet connections that are available in the U.S. and in many places, major cities. I'm over a gigabit connection right now from home. Yeah. And so if you go back 10 years ago, I was lucky to have uh, you know, a 50 megabit connection, right? And so I think initially uh, when we tried when initial experiments with moving enterprise imaging to the cloud, that network was a real issue. Yeah. Um, and today it's largely gone. Gigabit is very fast for home. Yeah. And not only that, but AWS has a technology, uh, AWS Direct Connect, mm-hmm. which is a dedicated network connection between your on-prem uh, network and an AWS region. And it's um, 100 gigabit, uh, up to 100 gigabit okay. speeds, and it can be very, very low latency, like less than 10 milliseconds. Yeah. So that, I would guess that that's over fiber, but, um, but, uh, but yeah, you know, I think that's something that I think just came out this year, the 100 gigabit connection. And we think about uh, an, you know, a, a large healthcare system today, they'll have similar circuits connecting all of their you know, major hospitals and, and regions, and, and they're doing enterprise imaging there. Yeah. So I think it's natural to think about an AWS region as an extension of your enterprise network right. over that type of connection. And that is really, we're seeing a lot of success with, with existing products. Yeah in a lift and shift model, just moving straight into uh, AWS and still having um, as good or better performance than what they're seeing. And, and this this concept isn't foreign, to, I think, to most people in the IT world and healthcare because our larger health systems have been using other data centers that are not in the hospital already, right? I mean, it's pretty common, exactly. so it should be fine. I have that conversation with people sometimes, kind of like what you just said, right? You have this this network already, in some cases, it may actually be even faster on Amazon. Because like you said, with the, you know, the direct connect, you know, to, to Amazon. In fact, I, I've talked to customers that have told me that sometimes they see significant performance increase for sites that are further away because they're both connecting to Amazon through independent points of, you know, connection. And once it's inside that network, it's it's much faster, right? So if you had a hospital in California, a hospital in New Jersey, for example, um, you know, both all in Amazon, as an example, it may be faster than having your own uh, VPN to, to data centers between those two facilities. Oh, oh, yeah, definitely. You know, VPNs are notorious for adding, you know, reducing bandwidth, actually having bandwidth caps, depending yeah. upon which VPN technology you're using, and also adding latency. And so, uh, yeah, going, you know, I think the way to think about it is that AWS has an extremely fast backbone that connects mm-hmm all of our regions and local zones and points of presence. Yeah. And so when you actually use uh, AWS, like exclusively, for example, so uh, you know maybe you have some VMs or some part of your packs running on uh, the East Coast and some on the West Coast, when those connect to each other, they go over the AWS backbone, yeah. which is extremely high bandwidth and extremely low latency. Yeah. And as opposed to over the internet, there's yeah. some- um, Much faster than we could do on our own <laughs> with that, yeah. yeah. 
And so, you know, that applies, you know, I think as we become more of a distributed environment as, as health systems span, you know, geographically as, you know, the new trend is having radiologists working from yeah. home. Um, and so and they may be, they may not even be near the hospital, they can be across the country. Um, and being able to take advantage of that fast AWS backbone is something that a lot of customers are really excited about and seeing great benefit. From. Yeah, and, and continue on this theme of, of massive amounts of data, kind of a, a an interesting side effect of having all your data in, say, S3 buckets in Amazon might be that the uh, uh, for research, right? Uh, you know, all these tool sets that that a you know AI toolkits, for example, that that Am these tools that Amazon has to work with your data, it has to get to Amazon first before you can use it. Well, if your data is already sitting in Amazon, right, then it's already there, right? Have you heard of any um, healthcare institutions with enterprise imaging in the cloud starting to leverage those research tools? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, I think AWS has you know the most expansive and and you know functional AI tools. And we see a ton of activity specifically in the research space with, with medical imaging. And I think you're seeing a large number of benefits that the cloud brings to AI in particular. Mm -hmm. So, you know, one is um, having the scalable storage and compute. Customers have tried to do AI on yeah. them and they always run into problems where they, you know, Getting getting expensive storage to support mass you know continuous training loads is is really expensive and hard to do. Um, the, the clinical packs is often uh, you know overloaded and, and you have to basically pull data you know off hours because you don't want to impact yeah. the clinical workload. Um, and so you're moving into a scalable uh, cloud storage like S3, you don't have to worry about yeah. that because you can you know it's a huge amount of bandwidth that you can pull out of S3 to support training and, and other analytical workloads. I mean, compute is the other thing. Uh, you know, if you think about where AI is going in particular, we're really in the infancy, yeah. right? You know, I think over the next 10 years, we're going to see a massive amount of training going on against um, data. And to put the amount of compute that you would need to support that training on-prem mm -hmm. is not really feasible. I mean, it's, it's really, you know, the future of radiology and, and AI is really cloud-based. It has to go there just due to the scalable storage and compute. And then, of course, the tools that makes it so much easier to take that data, leverage that compute to accelerate the whole pipeline for uh, training and inference. Yeah. Okay. What would you say to to folks that are that are trying to do this and um, they're worried about compatibility with their software in the cloud? Right. They're worried that maybe my my Pax vendor isn't going to support Amazon or they're not going to support uh, Azure or something like that. Right. I mean, I, mm -hmm. people ask me that all the time. Um, what's your thoughts on that? Yeah, and you know what I'd say is that um, the industry has been, uh, you know, it's been mixed. There's some um, vendors that have added support for uh, Amazon for quite a while, right. AWS, and others that have been reluctant. I think today it's really um, everyone is on board with cloud in, in the vendor community. Yeah. I mean, customers have been asking for it. They see mm -hmm. successes with, you know, uh, other other um, hospitals. They um, they want to you know there's been there's demands now to shut down their data yes. centers do not grow your data center footprint and so they have to find a solution and so I think vendors that have not and there's very few of them but anyone that hasn't jumped on the cloud bandwagon and provided a way for their customers to deploy there mm -hmm. is really going to be hurting uh, now because 
that's what the RFPs are requiring. They say, we, we need cloud solution or you need a path to get there very soon. Yeah. One last thing that, that, that has been brought to, you know, has been brought up as a concern when I talk to customers about going to cloud, you know, there's really no reason not to do it. We just covered all these reasons that, you know, it makes sense to go to the cloud. The last thing that they'll say is what about availability? What if, my, uh, you know, what if a backhoe takes out my internet connection, you know, outside the hospital and I'm a level one trauma center now, what, right? So, um, what advice would you give those people that are concerned about that? Sure. Well, redundant internet connections, yeah. I think most, uh, you know, one thing to ask is, you know, how often have you had, or when was the last time you had an internet disruption? Mm -hmm. Um, and, you know, I think I'd say, you know, especially with the pandemic, so many things went virtual and so many things went cloud. Yeah. With that came additional redundant network connections. And so um, I'd say that today, the, the typical healthcare organization has multiple redundant connections and they're gonna be adding more. Yeah. So specifically for that reason, because it can, it can, it will, it does happen, yes. right? And you do need to have uh, multiple redundant connections to, to safeguard against that. Yeah, yeah, so multiple redundant connections is the answer. And, well, it's been a pleasure. I think we're, we're just about out of time, so. Uh, thank you for joining me today. I appreciate it. Yeah, thank you for having me. I enjoyed the discussion.